Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, the Christmas season is over, right? You all know that. And, and have most of you put your Christmas decorations away? Yes? Yes? Nobody's raising your hand. Like, you put your Christmas... Okay, how many of you have your Epiphany decorations out now? There was, okay, there, see, now there actually are some people who have Epiphany. I was surprised when I heard this at the 930 service. Someone raised their hand and said, yeah, we've got our Epiphany decorations out. Great. I'm not sure what they are, but great. Good job. So the Christmas season is over, but one of these uh, songs that you might have heard during the Christmas season, you might have heard it a number of times, honestly, was, was Mary, Did You Know? How many of you are familiar with that song? Right? Yeah. Lots of you are familiar with that one. How many of you saw the meme, though? Uh, there's many variations of this, and, and it's not a new meme this year, of course. It's been around for a few years. But how many of you saw the meme where it's got this nice picture of Mary with the Christ child, and, and it has these words, you know, Mary, did you know, at the top of it? And at the bottom of it says, yes, she knew. How many of you saw that? Okay, like one of you. Good job. Like, nice job, man, being on top of it. Thank you. Good work. I bring that up simply because, you know, we, we hear that song and it's a nice reflective piece and, and it, you know, gets us thinking about all these attributes of Jesus, the Christ child, but in reality, she probably did know. It seems clear in the scriptures that she had a pretty good idea of, was, of what was going on. She treasured up all these things in her heart, we're told that, but she probably really did have a good idea. Now, that said, there's someone else who apparently didn't know. And that's the person that we actually read about today in John chapter 1. It's John the Baptist. Now, to be clear, these are not the same John, okay, right? So let's not forget. The Gospel of John was written by one guy named John, but here we're talking about John the Baptist. That's a different John. It's John the Baptist who didn't know. That's a cousin, maybe like first cousin once removed or something like that. We don't know exactly. It doesn't matter too much, but actually a relative to Mary, a cousin of hers in some way. Now we're told in the scriptures that John the Baptist did recognize Jesus in utero. Do you remember this? You know what I'm talking about? So Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. They were both pregnant. Mary was pregnant with the Christ child, Jesus. Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist. And we're told that when Mary went to visit her, to visit Elizabeth, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she proclaims that, yes, this woman who's coming to visit me is carrying the Christ child, and that the, woman, the, the son, the child in her womb, John the Baptist, leaped for joy. Even though John the Baptist was in the womb, he knew that his Savior was in the room. I think that's pretty cool. Now, what we don't know is how much John the Baptist and Jesus actually connected or knew each other while they were growing up. The scriptures are silent on it. It doesn't matter either way. We're not really sure at all. And, and yet in verse 31 and 33 from John 1, from today's gospel lesson, John says this. Again, John the Baptist says, I myself did not know him. That's the ESV translation. The NASB, New American Standard Bible, says, I did not recognize him. Both of those are perfectly good translations, not one better than the other. 
And so we have to kind of figure out, like, well, what, what did he mean by this? He, he knew his Savior in the womb. How did he not know him? Now, it could just simply be that literally John the Baptist and Jesus did not growing, grow up knowing each other. It's entirely possible, like I said, very plausible. It could be that he didn't recognize him as the Messiah. And if you read in your Bibles and you see like a little footnote, or if you have a study Bible, from what I've seen, it seems likely that those are going to say that specifically. Where it says in verse 31, I, did, I myself did not know him. In the footnote, it'll say, in essence, as the Messiah. That's possible. It's possible that he knew him personally, that he could recognize him, pick him out from a crowd, but just didn't really, as an adult, as a, as a sinful human, he just didn't remember, so to speak. He didn't realize that, yeah, this is the Messiah. Could be that. St. Augustine, who is one of the church fathers, one of the very influential um, first theologians, long way back, but highly influential. It goes back to 400 AD. He has an interesting take on this that actually fits the text very well. What he debates, and he lays out this nice logical argument to make this point, he says it could be that John the Baptist knew Jesus, that he recognized him as the Messiah, but he didn't recognize him as the one who would baptize specifically with the Holy Spirit. See, John the Baptist's job was to go around baptizing with water, a baptism of repentance. But he declares himself, he records himself, as he, as he said to those around him, he says, it was revealed to me that there would be a day when I would see the Holy Spirit descend and remain on someone. And God told me that that person is the one who would baptize specifically with the Holy Spirit. So Augustine says that's the part that he didn't know or recognize. Either way, with any of these possibilities, it's good to remember John the Baptist did not know, he did not recognize his cousin for everything that he offered, at, at least not until God revealed the bigger picture to him. See, and that's an important point. It's good for us to be reminded of that regularly, I think. We should never forget that this is the exact same way that it is for us. See, were it not for the faith that God gives to us, were it not for the fact that God opened our eyes and revealed himself to us, we would never recognize Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We would not know that. We could not know that. Jesus would just be some other guy in history if it weren't for the fact that God opened our eyes. And if it weren't for the Holy Spirit who humbles us to repent and throw ourselves on God's mercy, we would not recognize the true life that he offers. That true life that gives us hope, not only in this life, but for all eternity. It takes God working in us to do that. And we would have no hope 
of escaping the sin that plagues us every day if it weren't for God working in us. See, God brings this all about through his word and his spirit. You've, you've heard that lots, I expect. Hopefully, you've heard that lots. That it's through the word and through the sacraments. The Holy Spirit at work through the spoken word, through the word of God that brings life. That that's where faith and how faith is created. But it's worth reminding ourselves. This isn't something that, that magically happens. As if it's floating around um, like, like magic Disney pixie dust or something just waiting to land on someone. That's not how the Spirit, how the Word of God works. It's not just everywhere as if we just breathe it in like oxygen. You know, this oxygen that's everywhere, it's replenished by vegetation and distributed throughout the world through the thermodynamics and the, the physics of our planet. That's not how it works. The Word of God is delivered. His Spirit is delivered by the lips of those who speak his words of forgiveness. His word and his spirit are delivered by those who speak his words of love and mercy. And faith is delivered by the hearts and the hands of those who forgive just as they have been forgiven. It's delivered by the, the hearts and the hands of those who show mercy just as they have been shown mercy and who recognize the life of the one who is himself the way and the truth and the life. And I'm, I'm talking about the ones who have been baptized, like you and I. The ones who've been baptized with water by a fellow sinful human, often it's a pastor, not always, but at the same time are baptized with the Holy Spirit by the Son of God himself and at his command. But, but even we who've been baptized, even we who have been commissioned by Jesus to baptize others, we too quickly forget, we too easily let other let it we we too easily forget excuse me that there are unrecognized lives in our lives who need the same forgiveness who need that same baptism and that's the phrase that i'm using today unrecognized lives the ones around us that we just forget need jesus like we do so who are those people who are those people? The simple answer is very simply, everyone. Okay? Don't forget, what was John's proclamation to everybody? He says, look, pay attention. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of, you finish the sentence, the world, not the one who takes away the sin of the Lutherans, not the one who takes away the sin of the Christians, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And too often we undervalue the people around us. We undervalue the people in our lives. How many of you are, are willing to admit that you know the group and even listen to the group Petra? 
Is it anyone? Okay. My kids. Awesome. Great. All right. Who else? Who else? Yes. Okay. Trust me. You are the cool people in the room. Okay. Like Petra, if you don't know Petra, Petra goes back. They actually like go back before I was alive, but they've been around for a long time. They've still been putting out stuff just in the last few years. Petra were, they were like the pioneers of Christian rock before it was even acceptable in a lot of ways. They did some great stuff. They did some great music. Back in 1991, yes, I'm referring to a song that's 30 years old, okay? Back in 1991, they released an album called Unseen Power. And in that album was a song called Hey World, as in like calling out to the world, shouting out, hey world, I got something to say, listen. I love, I love that song. I learned actually something about that song this week. I realized something about it. In that song, they, they tell very quickly two stories about two young people. The first story, the first verse of the song very simply talks about a young girl who has a very difficult decision to make in her life. And in the midst of the pressure, in the midst of her being at the end of her rope, she decides to choose adoption instead of abortion. It's a pretty powerful thing. That was 30 years ago. It was a big deal then too. The second verse is about a young boy who also chooses life. And in his situation, again, at the end of his rope, trying to find his value, he decides to choose his own life instead of choosing suicide. Both of them are looking for value. Both of them are searching for their worth. And the phrase that I never picked up on in this song for all the years, literally decades, that I've listened to this song and listened to their music was very powerful. When I listen to music, I hear all, like, all the parts. I hear the music itself, and sometimes I don't pick up on the lyrics real well. I didn't even know it until I read the lyrics this week. Here's what they say. Near the end of the song, they say, Our value comes in the fact we live. Life is a gift only God can give. Now that last sentence, that last phrase, I heard that one loud and clear every time. But the one before it really stood out to me. Our value comes in the fact we live. The simple fact that you are alive means that God values you. God gave you life. He's the only one who can. Therefore, he values you. And very simply, God gave every single person around you life and therefore values them exactly the same way. The question is, do we? Do we value everyone around us the same way? Or do they go undervalued do they go unrecognized? See, we can ask as a society, who goes unrecognized? We can ask as a society, whom do we undervalue? Who do we leave unknown? I think it's better though, to ask who each of us undervalue in our own lives. I think we need to ask that question of ourselves, not the, the big picture, not they, not we, 
Who do I undervalue? Is it the estranged family member that you just simply can't stand? Or who wronged you all those years ago? Is it your LGBT coworker? Or is it your homophobic coworker? Is it your over-the-top liberal neighbor? Or is it your over-the-top conservative neighbor? Or libertarian or green or tea whatever party? Is it the Muslim that you cross paths with regularly? Is it the super annoying guy at the conservation club? Or is it the, the super quiet lady at Rotary? Is it the unborn child who has an extra chromosome or has an underdeveloped heart? The one that has no chance of life outside the womb? Is it the unborn child who's going to be an unwanted burden on its mother or on its father? Is it by chance the, the mother or the father themselves who have the unexpected pregnancy. The list could go on and on, right? The point is just to simply get us to think about that. To give us like a little brainstorming session of who is it that goes unrecognized in our lives? Who are the unrecognized lives in your sphere of life that need Jesus just as much as you do? So we just, we just sang a song that's out of the hymnal, Father Welcomes. I'm glad we could do that over here. We talked about what songs to sing and, and it worked out really well to do that and it fits well with all of this. Did you catch the words? There's that chorus that was repeated a number of times. Father welcomes all his children to his family through his son. Father giving his salvation. Life forever has been won. Let's make sure we understand what's going on here. Father welcomes all his children. We'll talk about how God has children in two different ways. I think we're talking about this first way here in particular, that all humans who have been, who have been created by God are his children. That's one way that we'll talk about that. That's what I think we're talking about here. And yet the second part of it is the second way that we talk about God having children. It's those who have come to faith and are brought into the family of believers, into the body of Christ. Father welcomes all his children. All are welcome. Every human everywhere. God has open arms to bring into the body of believers. And all of that is through Jesus, his son, through faith. It's a beautiful song. My question for you is, do you believe this? Do you believe this, and do you believe that it includes you? Do you believe this, and do you believe that it includes every human around you? If not, to either of those, listen again to John the Baptist. Look, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, including yours. Now, if you do believe that, 
then my encouragement to you is that we would ask God always, that we would recognize and value the lives around us that go unrecognized and are undervalued by us. And then we would ask that we would be empowered to take the gospel to them and share this salvation and this life forever that has been won for them to them so that they would hear that and they would know that they are valued by their Father in heaven just as we are. Jesus truly is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, yours, mine, everyone's. And our joy, our privilege is that we get to share that. Just as John proclaimed it, we get to proclaim it. We get to take the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, to every undervalued, to every unrecognized life and bring them life. May God lead us in that. May the Holy Spirit open our eyes every day to see those who are unrecognized. In Jesus' name, amen.